Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Almost all Christians agree that justification is a pivotal teaching in the Christian faith. It, it's one of those red-letter teachings. It's a, it's a crucial element of the New Testament. It's an essential theological concept uh, for us to understand. And if you were a church history buff by any chance, you would probably know that justification by faith is one of the most important phrases of the Protestant Reformation that took place uh, 500 years ago, started in 1517. Martin Luther, one of the fathers of the Reformation, called justification the cornerstone of Christianity. During his early years, while he was still a monk in the only church, the Roman Catholic Church, Luther would read from the book of Romans, and he said in his uh, autobiography that every time he read from the book of Romans, there was one phrase that really stood out to him and really grabbed his attention. It was the phrase, the righteous shall live by faith. And we find that phrase in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Let's read these verses together out loud. For I am not ashamed of the gospel... For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So then, a little bit later, when Luther served as a professor at the University of Wittenberg, uh, he said that the Lord opened up his heart to this truth to the truth that the righteous live by faith. He he writes in his autobiography, By the mercy of God, I began to understand that the righteousness of God is a gift of God that comes by faith. Here, I felt as if I were entirely born again and had entered paradise itself through the gates that had been flung open. Now, 500 years ago, This was indeed revolutionary because the church of Rome was in one of its darkest days in all of history, the Middle Ages. Priests were selling indulgences. That means that you could go to your local parish priest and pay him a sum of money and have your punishment for your sins reduced. How ridiculous! You can't find that anywhere in the Bible. And so it wasn't long before the revolution that began in Luther's heart played itself out in all of Europe. And it wasn't long before the entire continent was talking about justification by faith. And so we need to begin this morning with the definition of justification. Romans 5.18 says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, when Adam sinned against the holy commandment of God in Genesis chapter 3. So, one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Justification is the judicial act of God 
by which he pardons all the sins of those who believe in Christ and declares them to be righteous in his sight by grace through faith. So this, 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 this truth, uh, this biblical truth actually liberates us from the crushing burden of having to stand before God on our own merit. Could you imagine having to answer for your life based on what you did and what you thought and what you believed? This truth releases us from that overwhelming, crushing burden of having to stand before God on our own. Justification covers us instead with the righteousness of God. We're covered by the righteousness of God through justification. And that leads us then to consider the means of justification. How does this happen? How can a person become justified? How does a woman get right with God? How does a man get to the place where he's declared righteous by God? The Apostle Paul made it very clear in Romans chapter 3, verse 22. He said, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. In other words, he's saying all of them need to come to faith in Jesus. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely. There's that word again. All are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. Folks, every word in this, in this passage, every single word is, is relevant and vital and precious to us today. We're justified by grace alone. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. Four years ago, in April, the Chicago White Sox pitcher Philip, Philip Humber pitched a perfect game, which means that he faced 27 batters in a row, no strikes, I mean, no hits, no walks. He pitched a perfect game, 27 batters up and out. It's a feat that only 18 other pitchers in the history of the major leagues has accomplished. But then in November of the same year, the White Sox cut him from the roster. In April, he pitches a perfect game. In November, he's terminated without cause. An article in Sports Illustrated zeroed in on Humber's deadly character flaw, perfectionism. Perfectionism. The article went on to say, for one magical April afternoon, Philip Humber was flawless. But the random smile from the pitching gods came with a heavy burden. The pressure to live up to a standard that no one can meet. Be careful. If you pitch a perfect game, they will expect a perfect game every game, right? And that's what was his undoing. Nobody can live a perfect life every day. Have you noticed that? Nobody lives a perfect life. Nobody bats a thousand. Nobody can pitch a perfect game every day. Why? Why? Because all have sinned 
and fall short of the glory of God. That means you can't earn your salvation. You can't uh, purchase your justification. You can't manufacture it. You can't produce it. You can't create it. It's a gift that comes by the grace of God. Furthermore, we're justified by faith alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. Romans 3.23, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So faith is, uh, faith is the instrument. It's the, it's the channel. It's the conduit by which the righteousness of Christ comes into our lives. Faith is that instrument of God. So uh, as we express faith in Jesus Christ, God's grace kicks into place. We are justified by grace through faith, and then we must add, in Christ alone. We're justified in Christ alone. Romans 3.25 God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. And, Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else. There's no Savior other than Jesus. You heard five people stand here before you to say, today to say they came to faith through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There's no Savior other than Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Ancient of Days. He's the branch of Jesse. He's the chief cornerstone. He is our life. And it says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. So it's not through the church and it's not through a priest and it's not through baptism and it's not through Holy Communion. God summons us to Himself through the preaching of the Gospel. Uh, Then He secretly and sovereignly imparts new life to us. That's regeneration. And then we willingly respond to the Gospel call by repenting of our sins and saying no to that and saying yes to Jesus placing our faith in Him, and that's conversion. Justification is the instantaneous legal act of God whereby He declares all of our sins forgiven and the righteousness of Christ is ours. And all of that, that justification, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, is a gift. It's a gift. In even scallywags like Dave Turpin, <laughs> caught up in a life of drug use and violence and theft and crime, can come to faith in Jesus. Amen? Yes. And even wonderful, sweet, innocent, beautiful little girls, like my wife was back in the day, can come to faith in Jesus. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, when at nine years of age she bowed in prayer in a Sunday school class with her pastor's wife and embraced Jesus Christ by faith. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, how long you've been walking on your own, who you've slept with, or how many times the grace of God is available to you. The grace of God is available to you today. 
So last but not least, we should talk about the effects of justification. You've heard about the benefits this morning as five people talked about the benefits of being saved, the benefits of being justified by faith. You've heard that this morning. There's not much more I can add, but I have to because I, that's what I get paid for. So <laughs> let, me, let me highlight just a few more benefits for you from Romans chapter 5. Just a couple of verses from Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. <laughs> I, I love this passage. I love this chapter. In fact, I'm going to preach through Romans chapter 5 in January. The entire chapter, verse by verse. Love this passage. It begins with a ringing affirmation that a genuine born-again Christian through faith in Christ has been justified and has been forgiven and has been declared righteous by God instantaneously, once and for all. The result of this is that a Christian no longer has to live under the fear of judgment. No, no longer slaves to fear. We don't have to live in the fear of judgment because Jesus took our punishment upon Him when He died upon the cross. And we have peace with God, which is not merely a, a subjective feeling, but it's also a, an objective reality. Because there are mornings when I don't feel very saved. There are nights when my neighbor's dog is barking at one o'clock in the morning that I don't feel saved. So I'm glad that this is also an objective reality, not just a feeling. I, I, I feel at peace. Object, I'm at peace with God. It's not just a feeling uh, uh, that I experience, but it's, it's an objective reality, peace with God. Because we're justified through the calling and regeneration and conversion that have taken place in our hearts and the justification that comes as a result, we have peace with God. If you've experienced exercised faith in Jesus, then you have peace with God. Furthermore, if you've been justified, if you've been saved, if you've been converted, if you've been regenerated, then you also have access into this grace in which we stand. Today, now, right now, we stand in grace. Woohoo! Which, when translated, means praise the Lord. <laughs> One author says, through justification by faith, we are brought into the omnipotent sway of sovereign grace. <laughs> I like that. We're brought into the omnipotent sway of God's sovereign grace. <laughs> I love it. We stand in grace. We live in grace. We walk in grace. So we stand firm and we stand secure and we stand steady all because we have access into the grace of the Almighty God who created us. Woohoo! John Piper says, this is something more than justification and it's something more than peace with God. This is the mighty sphere of and, and influence and dominion of transforming, empowering, preserving grace. So, God's infinite power no longer against us, but for us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And finally, if you've been born again by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, you also have hope. 
peace and grace and hope. The hope of the glory of God is a phrase that probably refers to the promise that Christians will one day be glorified and one day perfected. And in that there's great hope. That is the blessed hope, right? That's, that's our blessed hope. One day, one day, one day. All the wrongs in the world will be made right. One day. There will be no more sickness, no more pain. No more people will lose their firstborn. It'll be a great day. And, and that's the hope with which we live. We have, it's kind of like we have one foot solidly planted on earth and the other one is in heaven. So next time you see somebody standing like this, you think of that. One foot on earth and one foot in heaven. How about that? I was reading a few articles online this week about the blood of Jesus Christ. And I, wa- I read one a scientific article written by a doctor um, that I didn't fully understand, but in the article he mentions that every drop of human blood contains approximately 5 million red cells. So in an average lifetime, he figures... In an, in an average lifetime, a person's red cells arranged in single file would reach from earth to the sun and back five times. I mean, that's a lot of red cells. Apparently, our bodies can contain more than 97,000 kilometers of blood vessels. And through that delivery system, blood is provided to every part of our bodies so that we can live life. When Jesus went to the cross and gave His life for us, when He shed His blood for us, His blood provided everything we need for an an abundant life with God and life eternal by faith. We have peace with God. We have access into His grace. We have hope. Hope of the glory of God. Folks, it doesn't get much better than that. It really doesn't get much better than that. But, you know, hearing this good news, and and there's a lot of good news packed in there, and there was a lot of good news shared by the five people who were baptized this morning. Simply hearing the good news is not enough. God expects us to respond to that somehow. He's expecting a response from us. It's not enough just to hear the good news. We need to make some Uh, some progress toward resolution. So let me ask, have you responded yet to the call of God by repenting of your sins and trusting in Jesus Christ for salvation? Have you made that that transition yet in your spiritual life where you've come from where you are and trusting in whatever you trust in, uh, whether it be finances or, you know, the government, God forbid, uh, or something else? Have Have you transferred your trust from that to Jesus yet. Have you, have you done that? The good news is that God sent His only Son into the world to die on the cross and pay the penalty of, for our sins so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That's spiritual reality. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And the justification by faith takes place by grace alone through faith alone, 
in Christ alone. So the grace is there. Have you responded in faith yet? Have you taken that step? Today may be your day. So if you sense that God is stirring your heart, He's, he's beginning to open your heart to believe, if you, you're sitting here this morning thinking, well, something's happening. Like Dave Turpin said, you know, came to service and, wow, it was just like there was an answer there. Every service that we went to, there was an answer. Well, this may be your answer. This may be what you've been waiting for. God is beginning to open your heart to believe. So why don't you respond to His voice today and believe? Just repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And He will never fail you. I don't know what tomorrow might bring for you or the day after or the next year, but I can guarantee you that Jesus never fails. Never. So let's pray together. Father, as we bow in Your presence this morning, we want to thank You for all that Jesus has done for us. Thank You for this whole uh, series that we've been talking about these important God words, and today we're talking about justification. The righteous shall live by faith. And Father, if there's anyone in our audience this morning who is, is, is at that place, and they're, they're sensing that God is opening their hearts to believe, And Father, I pray that they'll just take that one step and say, Jesus, please forgive me and embrace Christ by faith, not only today, but every day for the rest of their lives. We thank you for the divine miracle of salvation that comes through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ alone. And uh, Father, we just trust that you will do your work in this place again this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.